And of course, today we are celebrating Ascension Day, okay? So good morning to every one of you here. Good morning to all of you watching online, those of you listening to this message. It is good to be together again. And, you know, as you know, last Thursday was Ascension Day. I wonder how many of you remember that because of all the events in the life of Jesus, Ascension seems to be the most forgotten one or the most ignored one. You know, we, we all like arrivals. We like to celebrate arrivals and we like to celebrate victories, isn't it? We, we don't like to say goodbye all that much, you know. When you are expecting a visitor from overseas or from far away, a family member or a good friend, you're looking forward to them arriving to visit you, and you can't wait for the day that they arrive. And, and when, they come, when they come, you welcome them, you have a nice dinner, and you spend all the days talking, and you do not want to think of the day they're going to go back home, and you've got to say goodbye, Right? And that lost day is usually not a happy day when you've got to say goodbye. But we like welcoming people. We like celebrating victories, birthdays, you know, achievements. When you finish matric, when you finish a degree, when, when your team wins, okay, whatever sport you practice, hey, it's a one. We like to celebrate those things. And it seems in the life of Jesus, the events of his life, we, we kind of follow the same trend. Everybody loves to celebrate his arrival, Christmas. Even the unbelievers get in on the party, you know, and everybody celebrates Christmas. And everybody knows when Christmas time comes, practically everybody knows that the Christians are celebrating the arrival of Jesus into this world. It's a happy occasion, hallelujah. I think the next big one, of course, is Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, major victory. And everybody goes wild. And again, uh, even the world kind of gets into the party, you know. But everybody knows when Easter time comes, beyond all the eggs and chocolates and all those fat-making things, everybody knows that the Christians are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And that seems to be about it. As Christians, of course, we all celebrate Pentecost. We remember Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit came down, which we'll be celebrating next Sunday. But then in between, there is this little event called the Ascension. When Jesus says goodbye, and he's out of here. And we don't seem to give it too much attention. At one, at one stage, Ascension was a public holiday in many countries. Today, there are still a number of countries in, in Europe and strangely enough, a, a little island far, far away off the coast of Australia that still keep Ascension Day as a public holiday. We, we don't. But even when it was a public holiday, I wonder how many people actually took time to celebrate this event. And so today, I want us to, to ponder a little bit and, and take note of this day. Because Ascension matters. It is an important date. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you two passages which describe the event of his ascension. And then we're going to talk about why it matters and why it affects our lives today. The first passage we're going to read is in the Gospel of Luke. Right at the end of his Gospel, the last few verses. Chapter 24, verses 50 to 53 of the Gospel of Luke. And he, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Who are them? We are not actually sure how many of them there were. We know one thing. The 11 disciples were there. There used to be 12, but by this time Judas had fallen away. And so there were 11 of them. 11 of them were there. Now, there's a bit of a dispute whether others were there. If you look at other passages, it, it, it does seem that maybe Mary and the brothers of Jesus and a few others were there as well. But definitely the 11 were there. Those disciples which had been with Jesus all those years, they were all there. 
And Jesus blessed them. Probably it was the apostolic blessing that he gave upon them. Imagine receiving the apostolic blessing from the mouth of Jesus. But he blessed them. And it came to pass while he's blessing them. So he gathers with his disciples and he begins to pray and to bless them. And while he's blessing them, all of a sudden he begins to be lifted up. Imagine that. What would you say if while I'm preaching, all of a sudden, I begin to go up? And then you look at my feet and they're not touching the floor anymore. How will you feel? What emotions are going to come upon you? Huh? You go, huh? <laughs> but now, this is Jesus. And they're out in the open. So there's no roof. There's no ceiling. And he just keeps on going up and up. As he blessed him, he was spotted from them and carried up into heaven. Wow. And what happened? And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And I want you to take note of this little phrase, great joy. I'm going to come back to this just now, but just keep this in mind. They are here, they are receiving a blessing from Jesus. All of a sudden, he begins to be taken up, begins to rise up and disappears into the heavens. We get more detail just now in my second passage. And they worship him, and they go back to Jerusalem. Bethany was just outside Jerusalem. They go back to Jerusalem with great joy. These guys are excited. They're joyful. And they were continually in the temple Praising and blessing God. You see, this that we've read here was the, the culmination of the work of Jesus in person on the earth. When I, re- when I wrote this down, and you know, because I'm not, I need to clarify, because Jesus' work on the earth is not finished yet. He's still working on the earth by his power, by his Holy Spirit, through the church. Jesus is still busy on the earth. <laughs> but it's not in person anymore. And I kind of thought to myself, with all our things going on, you know, services in person and online, I thought, well, Jesus is not in person anymore. He's online now, you know. <laughs> but he, he, he's, he's here still. He's present. He is present. But this event was the loss of his presence in person on the earth. This marked the end of Jesus' ministry on the earth. He was taken up, and something else happened, which we'll see later. And it resulted in worship, in joy, and continuous praise. And it seems that the, 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 the act, this, this part of his life, this event, the event of the ascension, became part of the praises of the early church. In fact, later on, when Paul writes to Timothy, he quotes he mentions an early church hymn, and in this hymn, they praise God for his ascension. You, you find that at the end of, of chapter 3 of, uh, of 1 Timothy, and, and the words go something like this. There is no doubt that godliness is a great mystery. Jesus appeared in a body. The Holy Spirit proved that he was the Son of God. He was seen by angels. He was preached amongst the nations. People in the world believed in him. He was taken up to heaven in glory. So the whole matter of ascension was very prominent in the early church. It was part of their praises. Sometimes we still sing about his ascension, but it seems that, you know, in the modern church, we don't talk too much about the ascension. There is no great emphasis put on the ascension, and yet it was a key event in the life of Jesus, worthy for us to be joyful about, like the disciples were, worthy for us to worship him because of that and to praise him because of the ascension. And why? Were the disciples joyful? Why do they worship? Why do they praise him? Because of his ascension. Well, they had an understanding of the significance of his ascension. Perhaps an understanding that is missing today and that we need to restore and recover. Notice that the disciples returned with great joy. 
because they had that understanding. Now, the other passage I want to read to you is in the book of Acts, first chapter. Book of Acts, first chapter, the first couple of verses talk about how Jesus spent those 40 days with his disciples, training them, preparing them, talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus spent those last 40 days after his resurrection on the earth, preparing his followers for what was coming next, the work which they had to do. And then we read in verses 9 to 11 of Acts chapter 1, now, when he had spoken these things, the instructions he gave them, and we'll look at some of those instructions next Sunday, while they watched, they were, their eyes were wide open. Jesus didn't say, let's close our eyes and pray. No, he blessed them with his eyes open, and they had their eyes open, and they were watching Jesus. It says, while they watched Jesus, he was taken up. Again, he ascended. He was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. So he began to go up, and next thing a cloud surrounded him, and they couldn't see him anymore. And while they looked steadfastly, Toward heaven, maybe wondering, is this cloud going to make way? Can we see him again? How far is he going? They kept looking up. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. Say with me, same Jesus. This same Jesus, the one who was here a minute ago, the one who blessed you, the one who's been talking to you these last 40 days, the one you've been following for the last three and a half years, the one whom you saw crucified, buried, and resurrected, the one who just now went up from you, this same Jesus was taken up into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go up to heaven. Wow. What a promise. And what a confirmation. Luke wrote two books. Dr. Luke. In his gospel, the gospel of Luke... He wrote about the life and ministry of Jesus. In the book of Acts, he wrote about the birth and the growth of the church as it continued the work of Jesus according to his commission. Many of the main figures in this book are the apostles and how they carried out the commission of Jesus. But this book is filled also with stories of ordinary, day, everyday believers, normal people, Christians. Not just the, the big apostles that were with Jesus, that saw him up into heaven, that received the blessing. No, ordinary believers, people that came to know Jesus, that came to the faith because of their preaching. As you read the book of Acts, you find their stories there as well. And now they continued the work of Jesus as they obeyed his command, his commission to go. Be my witnesses. Preach the good news until the ends of the earth. And so he wrote these two books. He ends his gospel with the ascension. And he begins his second book, the Acts, with the ascension again. It's as if the ascension of Christ was, was the hinge upon which these two stages of existence of life existed. Ascension is what links the before to the after. The life of Jesus on earth to the work of Jesus through his church. What links them is this occurrence, this happening, this event of the ascension. The last event of the life of Jesus on earth. And this event is, is very briefly mentioned. I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't very long in, in, the, in, in the book of Luke. In Acts, a couple of, a couple of verses. In, in Mark, there is one verse, very quickly. 
So it's not an extensive account, but it gives us enough to understand. But although it is only written, the, the event itself is only briefly described, there is a lot spoken about it in the New Testament and prophetically in the Old Testament. The, the, the Psalms that speak about the coronation of the king, you know, come open early gates and receive the king of glory. Many of those Psalms are actually prophetically pointing to the coronation of Jesus, which is actually his ascension, as we'll see just now. Ascension is more than just a little passing event in the life of Jesus. It is an important event in his life, and because of that, it affects you and I, affects our faith, affects our belief, affects what happened in the church and is happening right now, and it affects you and I and our life today. And yet, the, this event in the life of Jesus, of all the events in the life of Jesus, this one seemed to be the most neglected one. Now, let's talk a little bit about this. As I said earlier, um, we don't like to say goodbye. And the disciples felt that way as well. During the Last Supper, remember recently we celebrated Easter, and on that Thursday night, Jesus met with his followers, his 12 disciples, and uh, he had an extensive conversation with them. You find that in the book of John, chapter 13, 14, all those chapters up to uh, chapter 16, you find the conversation that Jesus had that night with his disciples. Then in chapter 17, you find the, uh, the prayer that Jesus made. When, when he prays for his disciples and he prays for us as well, it's a beautiful prayer. But if you go and read in that passage, there Jesus told them, listen, I'm, I'm going to be with you for a little while and then I'm gone. And they got very disturbed. They didn't want to know about Jesus' departure. It was so nice to have him with them. Jesus tells them, he told them, I will be with you a little while. And then you will not see me anymore. And he said, because I'm going to a place where you cannot come. <clears throat> he told them, it is to your advantage that I go away. And they couldn't figure out, how on earth can it be to our advantage that you go away, Lord? They were distressed. They were sad. They were not a happy bunch that night. With all this talk of, you're going to see me for a while, then you're not going to see me again. It's better for me to go. And he mentioned a few things. He says, if I don't go, I can't send you the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But it still didn't make sense to them. They were sad. They were troubled. So how come 40 days later, after 40 days after his resurrection, when he's taken up to heaven, all of a sudden, they're full of joy. What, what happened between Last Supper and 40 days after resurrection that changed their attitude? Well, I believe it's because by that 40th day, their understanding, their perception of the significance of the departure of Jesus had settled in their minds. It began to make sense. I'm sure during those 40 days, as Jesus spent time with them, talking with them, teaching them, preparing them, he explained some of these things to them. And they began to understand, yeah, it makes sense. It is better that Jesus goes. And when he goes, some exciting things are going to happen to him, to Jesus, and to us, and to our future. They began to grasp these things. And so when the moment suddenly arrived and he gets taken up into heaven, they go, yay, this is it. Everything that Jesus spoke about is happening now. Everything that he said is going to kick in is kicking in now. Hallelujah. And they were filled of joy. So why is it significant? Well, the ascension is significant for many reasons. First of all, it ended Jesus' earthly ministry in person. That ascension marked the culmination or the completion of his work here on earth. Now remember, Jesus said, he had said this before, and it's, it's written in scripture. Jesus said that he came to do the Father's will and to finish 
his work. Isn't that what Jesus said? I came to the Father's will and to finish his work. Jesus came to earth with a mission. And his intention was to do and complete that mission. Later on, as Jesus praised that prayer in John 17, he mentioned to the Father, he says, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me. Yeah, that was just before he went to the cross. It was on that day. But he had practically done. He knew what was going to happen. He has done his work. He has preached. He has prepared. He has has his disciples. Yes, now he's going to face a, a horrible death. But he knows what's going to happen. He's going to come out on the other side. He's going to be resurrected. But that day marked, I've, I've done my work. Now I must just go through the suffering and my work is done. And so he prayed that prayer. He says, Father, my work is done. I have completed what you sent me to do. And then, of course, also he says, in that prayer, he prays that the Father would glorify him. With the same glory that he had with the Father before the beginning of the world. Now remember, where did Jesus come from? Heaven, right? He came from heaven. Before the world was created, Jesus was with the Father in heaven. We know from the word of God that he was the one that created everything. You all right? And so he was there before. And now he leaves all that and he comes to earth. And he lives as a human being. A life of humiliation, a life of suffering, a a life of pain, a life of rejection. And so, as he's coming towards the end in that prayer, he says, Father, glorify me. Take me back to the glory that I had with you before the creation of the world. That place where I came from. Father, it's time to go back and take me back to that place. Because I have completed what you sent me to do. And and then, of course, don't forget that shout out from the cross just before he died. It is finished. And then he gave up his ghost. He finished his task. And so the ascension is an indication and an affirmation that his work had been finished. Remember... He was taken up, which means he didn't go up out of his own strength or own accord. The Father took him up. He entered this world by a godly, supernatural action through the Holy Spirit. He didn't come your normal way. He came in a supernatural way. He entered this world. And... He left this world through a supernatural way as well. Not your ordinary way. No. Supernaturally, by an act of God, through the Holy Spirit, God comes and takes him up and takes him up and takes him back to heaven. Which means the Father accepted his work. The Father approved his work. The Father is saying, yes, son, indeed, your work is finished. Now, come. Let's take you back to the glory you had with me before the world began. Ascension matters, people. Ascension speaks a lot. Ascension says a lot. And it, it is, it, it's that, that kind of important. His work was done. The ascension is a divine affirmation of everything that Jesus did on earth. He had completed his work. And, and what about the disciples? For the disciples, it meant that their time with Jesus among them had come to an end. After his resurrection, Jesus would often appear to them, and sometimes he would be with them, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone, he disappears. Where is he? He was here a minute ago. He didn't sort of say, guys, I'll see you later, bye-bye, and kind of open the door and walk out. No, he'd be there, and then next thing, poof, he's gone. (laughs) But then he would come again. He would appear again later on. Or, so they knew that although he was doing this kind of disappearing act, he was still around. They, they could still get together. But when this day came, when this event happened, they knew. That was it. He didn't just disappear to appear again. No. They could see him going up into heaven. And they knew. 
as they gazed up and those two angels confirmed that he's gone up now, he's going to come again later, but now he's gone, then they knew. And there was no point hanging around to wait. He's going to appear again over there, over there. That's it. He's gone. Now life goes on. Let's get back and let's start doing what he told us to do. The disciples were then convinced that their time with Jesus here on earth was over. Now they had to carry out his instructions. Life moved on. So the ascension was significant because it ended Jesus' earthly ministry in person. What else? It showed that Jesus had overcome death. Listen, many people in the Bible were raised from the dead. Jesus himself rose some people from the dead. But they all died again. It was a temporary. They were brought back to life for a season, and then they died again. But Jesus was the first to be resurrected in a glorious body, a body that will never die again. If he had stayed on earth, we just have to carry on living and living and living and living. And the disciples get old and die. And young Jesus will still be hanging around and living and living and living. Okay. But Jesus, he overcame death. And so he did not die again, but he went up to heaven in that body, in that resurrected human body. The same body that he lived in when he was on the earth. The same body he was crucified in and buried in. That same body that was resurrected and transformed into a human body that could never die again. And so because he could never die again, the Father just took him up to heaven. So ascension shows us that Jesus had overcome Death. This gave the disciples, and it gives us the assurance that Jesus is alive today in the presence of the Father. Ascension also signaled the beginning of his ministry as high priest at the right hand of the Father. Jesus had mentioned that he would return to the Father. His coming to earth was a divine work. Like I said, his going up to heaven was a divine work as well. Clouds in the Bible represent the glory of God. And so Jesus ascended into the glorious presence of God where he had lived before he became a man. Having finished his work of salvation on the earth, Jesus now continues his work as our high priest in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And the book of Hebrews tells us that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. What does that mean? Ascension. That ascension is when he passed through the heavens. He went from earth into heaven. It's not space traveling somewhere. He went from one realm to the other through that ascension. He passed through the heavens. And now he is there defending us from all accusation. As Paul said in Romans chapter 8, that if God is for us, who can be against us? And we can boldly say that today because of the ascension. Because of the ascension, Jesus was able to go and take up his place as our present high priest. Amen? Defending us, interceding for us. And if God, if Jesus is for us, man, who can be against us? What a joy it is to know that we have this high priest in heaven. And it started with the ascension. What else? Ascension links heaven and earth. I want to pause there a little bit. Ascension links heaven and earth. You see, there is a tendency to minimize or spiritualize the ascension because in Many of our thinking, much of our thinking, we, we tend to separate the heavenly and the spiritual from the earthly and, and, and carnal. And that is because of a kind of a, a Greek way of looking at the world. Remember, uh, in the biblical times, there were two kind of great thoughts. One was from the Greek philosophers. But then the Jews had their own way of thinking about life. And the Greek philosophers, they taught about this duality. There is flesh, there is material, and then there is spiritual. And spiritual is good and material is bad. 
because of all these things you see around us and the sin and the decay. And so material is bad and spiritual is good because it's where God is or where the gods are, whatever. And so there was in this philosophy, there was this desire to leave the material behind and go into this heavenly realm where it's all beautiful and wonderful. You want to leave the earthly, leave the material and go into the beautiful and the spiritual. In the Greek philosophical writings, you find that idea. It's portrayed over there. And it has kind of come through to us today where many, many of us in our thinking, we tend to separate. Even today, we look at the earth. We look at all the trouble going on. We look at the wars, the famine, the poverty, the, 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 the unfairness, all this nonsense going on. And they say, Lord Jesus, come take me out of here and take me to heaven. It is so nice over there. The Jewish way of thinking was a little bit different. If you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, you find that there is a, a connection. The, the two of them interconnect. The, the, the word, I mean, even if you read like Ecclesiastes, you know, it says, when your life ends, you, you go to, to, you, to, the, to heaven. You go back to God. There's a closeness. Yeah, you are. You're, you know, God is helping you. But when you end, you, you go to God. And, and in, the, in the Greek way of thinking, one was connected with the other. And so when they talk about Jesus ascending and going to heaven, it's not like Jesus is now leaving the earth, leaving all this horrible world behind and going to a place of blessing. No. It is Jesus, human, flesh, Humanity entering heaven and connecting with heaven. Where now all of a sudden there is something from heaven, from earth in heaven. Jesus took his earthly body, glorified, but it's an earthly body. Remember when he came to the disciples, he says, come, come and touch me. I'm not a ghost. Ghost hasn't got flesh and bones. Ghosts don't eat. Give me some food. And Jesus had some food with him. He says, I am a human being. Touch me. But he's a glorified human being. He's the first sample of what we are going to be like in our new bodies. Okay? He is the updated model. Okay? The real version of what a human body should be like. And we are going to be there too, man. <laughs> okay? But you see, a human he didn't leave his humanity behind to take on a spiritual form. <laughs> no. A human being has now entered heaven. And a few days later, the Holy Spirit came down to earth. Something from heaven came to live on the earth. Listen, remember, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not present on the earth. The Holy Spirit would just come upon certain people at certain times. The Holy Spirit did not dwell on the earth. Jesus was the first person to have the Spirit with him continuously. And then he says, I've got to go to send you the Holy Spirit. And 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came down to stay. And so today we have on the earth, in the earth, whatever you want to say it, we have here with us, Something from heaven is now on earth. And believe me, if the Holy Spirit was not on earth right now in the church, this world would be a hundred times worse than what it is right now. It is the Holy Spirit in us, in the church, in his body, that is still holding back a lot of work of Satan. But the Bible says one day the church is going to be removed. The Holy Spirit is going to go with the church. And then all hell is going to break loose on the earth. If you think this is bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. But here's the point. This duality means that Jesus didn't leave. The idea of Jesus going to heaven is not leaving the earth behind because it's dead. No, it is connecting earth to heaven. And, and the whole Jewish thought, and that is actually what, what Jesus is trying to say here, and what this ascension means is that ascension bridges our present world and that of the age to come. Read your Bible carefully. When Jesus comes back, he's not 
leaving heaven and coming back alone. He's bringing heaven to earth. And earth is going to be renewed. A new heaven, a new earth. God does not intend destroying this universe. He's going to renew this universe to come to its fullness, to its full potential, to its full beauty, which sin has held back. Sin has destroyed much of the beauty of this planet. But a day is coming when heaven and earth will unite again. And ascension signals that. Where Jesus, a human being, enters heaven and that gives the go-ahead for something from heaven to enter earth. And right now, earth and heaven are connected because of ascension. Don't tell me it's a minor event. It's a massive event. Another thing, the ascension marks his full coronation as king and lord. You see, the word ascension to us, or in the meaning of the word, ascension just means to go up. Ascension means to go up. But the biblical concept actually means to go up to a particular place for a particular purpose. The biblical idea of ascend, every time you read ascend in the Old Testament and so on, it's not just going up. It is going up somewhere for something. Whenever the priests ascended a mountain, whenever they ascended to a city, was to accomplish something. It wasn't just a matter of going up. And so when Jesus ascended, it wasn't just a matter of going up. No. He was going up to a particular place for a particular purpose. And in the case of Jesus, it meant going up into the presence of God to be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. Why? Because he finished his work on earth. The ascension was his coronation. It marked the end of his limitations. While he was on earth, he had limitations. Now in heaven, he has no limitations. I mentioned earlier, he's praying John 17, where he said, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And what happened? When he ascended, when he went up to this specific place, the Father's presence, heaven, <laughs> there is fullness was manifest. He was crowned. He went back to the glory that he had before the, and that is why, you know, the disciples saw him and, and they recognized him and so on. But you find that a little later, look, Jesus never came back to walk on the earth again, but he did manifest himself. He did show himself a number of times. He still does. Sometimes he appears sometimes to specific people for a specific, specific purpose. He appeared to Paul. Later on, he appeared to John, remember? Now, John was one of these guys. John saw Jesus ascend. John walked with Jesus for 40 days. But when Jesus appeared to John in Revelation, John hardly recognized Jesus. Why? Because he had come back into the presence of God and been restored completely to his full glory, the glory he had before the creation of the world. He's still a human. It's still a glorified human body. But now in the presence of God, he took on a whole new perspective. A whole new brilliance. <laughs> he's now king of kings, lord of lords. He's glorified with the same glory he had with the father before the foundation of the world. And when John saw Jesus, oh, he could hardly look upon him. Who, what's this? And that's because of his glorified body now. In the presence of the Lord. And so his limitations are completely gone. Even after his resurrection, while he walked on the earth, he had not gone back to the presence of the Father. So his full glory was not yet there. He did some amazing things. Yeah, he could appear and disappear and all that. But once he got into the presence of God, his full glory was restored. And that's the Jesus we have today. 
because of ascension, his full glory has been restored. It marked the end of his limitations. It also marked the end of his humiliation. We read in Philippians 2 how Jesus humbled himself, taking the form of a servant and becoming obedient to the point of death. All that glory that he had, he left behind, took on a human form like you and I, and was insulted, rejected, you know, and so on. Suffered, humiliated, broken down, 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 until he was murdered brutally, rejected by people. But the ascension ended all that. Because as we read that uh, chapter 2 of Philippians, it says, it turns around and says that now God has exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is happening and it will happen. And those who don't confess Jesus today will one day confess that he is Lord. Some will confess out of conviction, out of their own as they surrender to Jesus. Others will confess in horror when they realize that Jesus is indeed Lord and they've been rejecting him all their life. May you and I be the ones who declare Jesus is Lord because we acknowledge that he is Lord. He is our king. He is our Lord. Amen. And so Jesus is restored back to the intimacy of the Father and his king and his Lord. And listen, Jesus, our king, isn't going to reign someday. He reigns now. Now he is already king of kings. Yes, we're going to the full manifestation of his kingdom when he returns. Amen. But he reigns now, and it began at the ascension. And the task of the church today, your job and my job, <laughs> is to make the invisible reign of Jesus visible. How do we do that? By our faithfulness and by our celebration and our joy about him going to heaven and becoming king of kings. By our conviction that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is king, and honoring and obeying him and, and doing the task he asked us to do. We make it visible to the world. Every act of kindness done in the name of Jesus, every word of testimony, every time you choose God's will instead of the world's will, you are exalting Jesus. You are proclaiming, you are making visible the reign of Jesus. Every time you choose to obey Jesus instead of obeying the devil, every time you choose to, do, to go God's way instead of the way of the world, you are exalting Jesus. You are proclaiming, you are making the invisible reign visible. Hallelujah. Wow, what a privilege. What else? The ascension opened the way for the sending of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told his disciples, if I don't go away, the Spirit cannot come. And so Jesus tells him, I have been with you, but the Holy Spirit will be in you. Did you get that? Jesus, I've been with you. The Holy Spirit will be in you, which means that wherever you are, He is. And we'll talk more about that next Sunday when we celebrate Pentecost. The Holy Spirit would act as the presence of Jesus in His absence from us to empower the church for its mission until He returned. So the ascension meant that the Holy Spirit could come, as indeed he came a few days later, okay? And next Sunday we'll talk about that. The ascension also marks the passing of the responsibility of evangelism into the hands of his followers. <laughs> yes, the ascension means work for you and me. You see, all the time while Jesus was on earth, he was the primary preacher. He was the main one teaching, preaching, doing miracles. Yes, a couple of times he did send the disciples to do a little bit of work, but throughout those three and a half years, he was the main preacher, the main one doing all the preaching and the work. But the ascension marked a turn in that. By ascending to heaven and sending the Holy Spirit, that responsibility passed on to his followers. He told them in Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the world. What else? The ascension points to the return of Christ. Man, this is great. Jesus said that he would return. And that day when he ascended, the angels confirmed that. 
The angels confirmed that. Remember? The same Jesus went up. He's going to come down again. Same, same place. Around about here. He's going to come down. He went up in Bethany, which is on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says he's going to return to the Mount of Olives. It's going to be a tremendous event. The whole world will get to hear about it. Because when he comes back, there's going to be a minor or major earthquake, which is going to split the Mount of Olives into. So it is going to be a noticeable act. He's not going to come back quietly next time he comes. When he came the first time, it was relatively quiet. Yeah, okay, there were some angels, you know, disturbing the, the shepherds out there, you know. And, but it was a relative kind of silent coming. People kind of ignored it, that unless they were listening to the, the Spirit and, and watching their things. But when he comes again, it's going to be big, all right? And so he said, he's coming again. The apostles preached his return, and John had a vision of the coming events around his return. Therefore, we can live with the hope and expectation of his return. We can live with the knowledge that Jesus has not given up on humanity, <laughs> Even though sometimes it seems that humanity has given up on itself. Right now, the days you're living in are crazy. Why on earth are people doing some of the things you're doing? Destroying themselves, destroying each other, destroying property, having major wars. For what? Have we gone crazy? And although humanity may have sometimes given up on itself, Jesus has not given up on us. There is a purpose. In spite of all the nonsense, history is going somewhere. And the day is coming when Jesus will return. We can rest assured on the fact that salvation is complete in Him. We cannot do anything else to save ourselves. We can just love Him, accept Him, and of course serve Him. And become his instruments in sharing this salvation. We have a message of hope to the world. And we need to live this message out and share it with the world. Ascension means that Jesus is still alive. So maybe, after hearing all these things, maybe you can begin to understand why the disciples had a change of attitude from Lost Supper to Ascension Day. From sad at the Lost Supper to glad and joyful at the ascension. They came to understand why Jesus left, where he was going, and what he would be doing. And we've covered some of those things today as well. And I hope it brings a little bit more clarity on this event in his life. I hope that every one of you, present, online, listening to this message. I hope every one of you has received a little bit more insight into this final event in the life of Jesus on earth. And that you have more reason, <laughs> you know, to be joyful that he ascended and more reason to worship and praise him because he ascended. Amen. Because of his ascension, our Lord is exalted. Because of his ascension, he takes his place as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because of his ascension, he is the head of the church. Because of the ascension, he sends, he sent the Holy Spirit. Because of the ascension, he signals the defeat of Satan and all his enemies. Because of the ascension, he passes evangelism and ministry to all his followers. Because of his ascension, he begins the blessed work of intercession for all of us. And because of his ascension, he stands ready to return one day to gather his people. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God for the ascension of the Lord. He was taken up to heaven in glory and he shall return one day in power. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's stand up and let's, let's close in prayer. And I hope... This will give some food for thought as you go home, as you ponder on this day, on, the, on this event of his life, and on the things which it means to us. And uh, join us next Sunday when we shall remember and celebrate that great day of Pentecost when the promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we glorify you and we thank you for this event of the ascension. We praise you, we worship you, Lord, as we acknowledge and, and recognize and realize all that it meant to you and to us as your people. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for your present work, Lord. You have not stopped working, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your present work right now as our high priest. Hallelujah. Defending us so that nothing can come between us and God. So that nothing can be against us. Hallelujah. Thank you for the assurance of your coming, your return. And Lord, while we are here, help us to be faithful to you, Lord. To make visible your invisible reign. Lord Jesus, reign in our hearts. I pray for everybody in this church here present. I pray for everybody online. I pray for everybody listening right now to this message. Lord, let your kingdom reign in our hearts, Lord God. Help us to never be ashamed of you. Never hold back, Lord God, living out your gospel, living out your truth, living out your word, living out your principles, making known the fact that Jesus is alive and that he reigns. Hallelujah. Help us to have more of your love in us and share this love with those around us. In a world, Father, going mad, help us to be sane. Help us to be understanding. Help us to have a word of wisdom, a word of peace, a word of love. In a word with so much bitterness and anger and hatred and division, Lord Jesus, help us as your children to be peacemakers, to be lovers of the people around us, people who love those around us, no matter who they are. That as, just as you love people, help us to love people. As you manifested, as you, as you help them to connect with the Father, help us, Lord Jesus, through your gospel, to help people connect with Father God too. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for your essential, Lord Jesus, and everything it means. Everything it means to you. Everything it means to us, Lord. We worship you. And thank you, Lord. And so now, may the love of God the Father, <laughs> the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of your precious Holy Spirit be with each one of us. As we celebrate your ascension, not just today, Lord, but every day, and manifest your reign until we see you face to face. Amen. And amen. I trust it's been a blessing to you. Have a wonderful Sunday and see you on Sunday, next Sunday for Pentecost. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your Sunday. Praise God. Amen.